Welcome back to the Fit-ish Project with your host, Lathan Bass, where we try to make fitness and health practical for the average person like me and you. So uh, with this week's episode, I figured that we'd do a Q&A. Haven't done one of those in a while. I always like to do these just because it allows me to answer some of the questions that I get from you guys, uh, whether it's in person you know, or through social media. I get a lot of questions around health, fitness, nutrition, training, all that kind of stuff. And if there's one person that has a question, oftentimes there is another person who has a very similar question. So it's always nice to get on here and expand on these questions a little bit and, you know, answer some of those things that you guys are looking for. So um, without further ado, we will get into this episode. So within this episode, going to answer five questions. Some of the things I'm going to talk about today are people who struggle to get enough protein, what are some tips? You know, people who are super busy, um, don't have a ton of time. I'm going to give you some tips around how to get more protein in your diet, because we know that is important. Uh, What to do if you want to be more toned and what that actually means. What to do if you aren't seeing the scale go down when you have a goal of fat loss. What to do if you've hit a plateau and also give you some tips about how to get more comfortable in the gym. So if you're a person maybe who is a little nervous to get in the gym, don't feel super comfortable, I'm going to give you just a couple practical tips about how to make yourself more comfortable when you're in the gym. So getting into this very first question, question number one, I struggle to get enough protein, but I'm also very busy and don't have a ton of time. Do you have some tips how I can get some more protein? Yes, I do. So the biggest thing with this, especially for busy people, is going to be planning ahead. If you wait until the day of to try to figure all this stuff out when you have a bunch of other things going on, you know, work, maybe you have kids, you have other obligations where you're just running around and have a lot going on and you're trying to make, you know, the best fitness choices, the best food choices, a lot of times that just isn't going to work out all that great. So what you can do is help yourself out and plan ahead. Um, And when we're talking about planning ahead, one of the things that you can do is create a meal plan. So have an idea of what you're going to eat the next day. Take, you know, two to three minutes the night before, the day before. Think about what you're going to have for each meal, maybe what snacks you're going to have. If you're somebody who tracks calories like through an app or, you know, tracks protein, what you can do is actually go in and log your food the night before. That way you can see how much protein you're actually going to be getting, how many calories you're going to be eating, and that can just kind of set you up for success. So even if you're somebody who's not necessarily going to meal prep all your food, just having a meal plan, so having an idea of what you're going to be eating for the next day can oftentimes help you out and keep you on track. Because like I said, if you wait until you're in the moment, especially when you're busy and you know things get a little bit hectic, a lot of times what we do is we just turn to the most convenient thing. And typically the most convenient thing isn't always the most healthy thing for us. So plan ahead, you know, have a little bit of a, of a meal plan if you can. Tip number two, which is going a step further, and that would actually be meal prepping. So if you take a little bit of time to actually prepare your meals, and this is nice too, because if you are somebody who's busy, this is actually going to save you time rather than having to cook every single meal and, you know, get all the cooking stuff out, get all the ingredients, you know, go shopping multiple times throughout the week cook all your food, all that stuff. It just adds up and it takes more time if you're doing that stuff every single day versus if you just pick, you know, one or two times per week where you just prepare two to three days worth of food. 
all at one shot, get those things in you know, some Tupperware or whatever so that you have your meals good to go for the next two to three days. And that can save you a lot of time. And it just, again, it takes the the thinking out of it. It takes the, you know, the chance that you get too busy and you don't have time to cook. If you already have that stuff prepared, you can just heat it up and then you are good to go. Um, so meal prepping is a super, super good way to ensure that you're getting enough protein and staying on track. Right along with that, if you have a crock pot and protein is something that you struggle with, use your crock pot because this is a super simple way. Like it takes you literally less than two minutes to put whatever kind of protein that you want in there, whether it's chicken or some type of beef, pork, whatever. Like you can throw any kind of meat in there, season it up, it takes you less than two minutes. You can put it in there overnight or put it in there in the morning. And then when you get, you know, get to your crock pot that night, it's ready to go. You don't have to do anything else. You just take it out and then it's ready for your meal. So super high on crock pots. Love those things. I use them literally every single week. And if you're somebody who is, you know, doesn't have a ton of time, you're super busy, I would suggest investing in one of those. They're super cheap, really easy to use. So crock pots, love them. Really highly suggest using one of those if you're somebody who struggles. Uh, tip number three, you can have some high protein snacks on hand. This is a good way to keep quick and convenient high protein snacks available just because again, I know like the cooking thing, you don't always have time to cook. So having quick and convenient high protein snacks that don't really take any preparation can help to keep your protein high. So there's some of these snacks that you don't even need a refrigerator for, like you can just take them in your bag, keep them at work, keep them at home, like wherever you need them. Um, and those would be things like beef jerky, beef sticks, uh, protein bars are a good one. Protein shakes, even like the pre-made protein shakes are good. And if you're a, a fan of tuna, tuna is another good one. You can get tuna packets or tuna in a can. All those things are pretty high protein. And again, they don't need to be refrigerated. So you can take them wherever you need to. A couple other quick snacks that don't really take, you know, a ton of preparation or, you know, a ton of time to get ready is Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, and even like some deli meat. Obviously for those things, you're going to need a refrigerator. So you have like a refrigerator at work or you know if you're having these things at home they're a good option as well uh but again quick convenient that is the way to go especially when you're somebody who's busy so those are all really good snacks that you can keep on hand that literally take no preparation at all you just pull them out of the fridge eat it and there you go you got some protein in your day um and then my last tip tip number four about how to get more protein is to start your day with protein so if you skip breakfast or if you start your day with a meal that does not have a lot of protein, it makes it very hard to make up that protein on the back end. So if you start your day off with protein, it's going to be good for a couple of reasons. Number one, you're starting your day off and you're going to be more successful to actually hit that target. Um, number two, you're going to feel better because you're going to feel more satiated. You're going to feel less hungry and you're just going to be kind of ready to go when you have a, you know, a well-balanced, high-protein type meal. And number three is that it actually gives you a little bit of momentum to start your day. So like you feel like when you have a nice high protein meal, you're starting your day off with a win and that can continue to carry over into your other snacks, your other meals, you know, doing those other healthy behaviors that we like to see when we're trying to hit our goals. So starting your day off with protein is a really good way to, you know, set yourself up for success. And again, there's tons of really easy options that you can go with. So like protein shakes are a good one eggs and some type of breakfast meat, whether it's like ham or you know, 
sausage, bacon, whatever. Those are all high protein type things. Protein oats, like those are all really good, easy options that you can start your day off with in a high protein way to set you up for success. Number two, question number two. If I want to be toned, should I do lighter weights and higher reps? So with this question, we got to kind of break it down and talk about what toned actually means. So to explain what toned really is, all toned mean, toned really isn't like necessarily a real thing. Like people say they want to like tone their muscles and that's not really a thing. But I know what people mean when they say they want to get toned. You know, they want to look basically more fit, a little bit leaner. And so all that means is when, you know, somebody says they want to be toned is that they want to have less body fat and they want to have more muscle mass. That is what being toned actually is. Less body fat, more muscle mass. And you get this through lifting moderate to heavy weights through strength training and eating in a calorie deficit because those are the ways that you build muscle and that is the way that you lose fat. So if being toned, quote unquote, is what you're after, then those are the things that you need to do. Like I said, toning a muscle really isn't a thing. Muscles either grow, they stay the same, or they get smaller. They don't tone. They don't like, you know, change. They grow, they stay the same, or they get smaller. The way to grow a muscle is through lifting moderate to heavy weights, focusing on that progressive overload, which is going to help increase the muscle size. So again, if you want to get toned, work on building muscle, which means progressive overload. And all that means is that you are consistently using heavier weights or doing more reps, just continuing to get stronger within the gym. So for example, on month one, let's say you can squat 100 pounds for five reps. Well, if I'm continuing to push the weight, you know, try to increase my reps and then month two rolls around and let's say I'm doing 120 pounds for five reps. Well, that means I got stronger. That means that I worked through that progressive overload that we're talking about and I'm heading in the right direction. So if you're somebody who is in the gym and you're not really seeing increases in the amount of weight that you can lift or maybe the amount of reps that you can do, then you're probably not training hard enough and you're probably not going to be growing as much muscle as you would like. So if you want to grow muscle, if you want to look toned, if you want to look lean, if you want to look more athletic, more fit, then you need to focus on progressive overload. Um, when it comes to progressive overload, you can use a large amount of rep ranges. So again, remember this question was asking, should I use lighter weights? We already talked about that. No, you should use moderate to heavy weights. And then it asked if you should do higher reps. So when it comes to the amount of repetitions that you should be doing, you can honestly just use a really large range. So typically the sweet spot is anywhere between like five reps to like 15 reps, but technically you could even use lower reps than five. Like you could use two, three, four, if you really wanted to. Um, and you could go all the way up to like 20 or 30 reps if you wanted to within progressive overload. But I say the sweet spot is that five to 15 reps, because that's where a lot of people will do their training and that they actually find enjoyable. If you're trying to take a set to failure with 30 reps, most times that is not going to be very fun. Think of trying to do, you know, 30 back squats or 30 bench press reps. Like that's a lot of reps and not a lot of people really enjoy training that much uh, or enjoy training in that way. And kind of on the reverse end, you know, going less than five reps. So if you're going, you know, one, one rep, two rep, three rep, like you're going to have to use really, really heavy weights. And for the most part, you know, there's, it's not necessarily a bad thing to be doing that, but a lot of people would typically like to fall somewhere in that five to 15 range where like you're using moderate to heavy weights, but it doesn't feel like the training is, you know, excruciating and it's tolerable and it's something that you can do and actually enjoy. So 
anywhere in that range is fine. But again, the key when you are trying to go after this progressive overload is to try to get close to failure with your reps. And all that means is that you're trying to get within about two to three reps of where you can no longer do a rep with good form. So you need to, again, ensure that you are pushing yourself, challenging yourself in a really easy way to know if you are pushing yourself enough and really going after that progressive overload is if you think of like a scale of like one to 10, 10 being the absolute hardest, meaning you couldn't do another rep and one being super easy, not hard at all. I could do a hundred of these. You want to be somewhere in like that eight to nine range on most of your sets. So that intensity scale, you want to be, you know, eight to nine, somewhere on that scale. Another way to kind of check and see whether you are using heavy enough weights is if you feel like you don't need some type of rest in between your sets. Like if you don't feel like you need to rest for at least two minutes in between your strength training sets, then you're probably not using a heavy enough weight. So that's another good way to measure if you're using heavy enough weights or really going towards that progressive overload. And then the other thing is on your last couple of reps, let's say you have a set of eight on your last two to three reps, that weight should start slowing down quite a bit. So you're pushing as hard as you can, but on that, you know, that sixth rep, it's starting to slow down on that seventh rep. It's getting even slower. And on that eighth rep, it's taking you quite a while to get that weight back up to the top. So that's a really easy way to know if you are using enough weight and doing the things you need to do in order to see your muscles grow and achieve that progressive overload that we are at. So hopefully that answers the question and that is helpful for you moving forward. Question number three, I'm currently trying to lose fat, but I feel like I haven't seen the scale go down lately. So I'm wondering if I need to change something. Well, let's talk about why the scale might not be moving because there's several different reasons for this. When you are losing body fat, Obviously, the scale is one way that you can measure, you know, it's not the only way that you can measure, which I'll talk about, but it is a way and it's probably a way that you will choose to measure your progress. But you need to understand that the scale is going to fluctuate. That's absolutely normal. And that should be expected. Some days, the scale is going to go up. Some days, the scale is going to go down. Some days, it's going to stay the exact same. And again, that's for several reasons. So the scale might be up for a lot of different reasons. And a lot of it just has to do with the amount of water that your body is holding on to just from a day to day basis. So if you have more salt, for example, your body is probably going to be holding on to more water and the scale is going to be higher. Typically, same thing goes for carbs or if you have alcohol, if you don't get a ton of sleep, like if you have a bad night's sleep, that can affect what the scale says. If you're super stressed that can also affect it. If you've had more food or more water, obviously in your system, you know, that's going to make you weigh more. So the scale is going to show a higher weight. Um, if you have a really hard workout in the gym, like all that stuff can affect what the scale is actually going to say. So understand that that scale is going to fluctuate. That's normal. And that is expected. So what you can do is rather than taking a day to day you know, average, you can look at it more of a weekly average. And all you have to do, you're still going to weigh yourself every single day. But over a seven day period, you would add up all those days and then divide that by seven. And that would give you your weekly average for the week. And then you would do the same thing for week two, week three, week four. That way, you can actually see if you're making progress. If you're making progress over a weekly span, like if that scale is continuing to go down week to week, then that means you're moving in the right direction, you're doing the things you need to do. And 
you're you know heading towards your goals so you're all good there so take a weekly average versus just a daily average to give you a better you know big picture look at what's actually going on another thing that you can do is like i said the scale is one way to measure but you also want to look at some other ways to measure progress which can be some of the following progress pictures are a really good one um you know so maybe every couple of weeks or at least every month take a progress picture so that you can see because sometimes the scale is not going to move a whole lot but you might see some changes within the way you actually look in the mirror so that's a really good one to use if your strength is going up in the gym that's also a good sign if you have better energy that's a good sign that you're making progress if your clothes are fitting a little bit better maybe they're a little bit looser that's a good sign you can take uh, measurements so waist measurement is a really easy one to take and you just measure that you know once a month see if that measurement is going down you can measure other body parts as well so like you know your thigh your arm your belly all that kind of stuff if you want to just to get you know more data and have more things to track and see if you're making progress um, but those are all really good ways that you can continue to measure progress so that you're not just using that one thing of the scale because like i said the scale doesn't tell the whole story it's part of it but it won't tell the whole story so it's nice to have some other things that you can that you can kind of point to to see if you're moving in the right direction and making progress um, and then the last thing i'll say about this too is that a lot of people when it comes to like losing weight they don't necessarily have the most realistic expectations when it comes to fat loss and how much the scale is actually going to move so on average most people are going to be in that about half a pound to about a pound per week of fat loss now some people you know if they have more weight to lose or if they're just bigger people in general they might lose a little bit more you know maybe two pounds a week or maybe even a little bit more um, and then people who are smaller typically are going to lose at a a slower rate so maybe that 0.5 maybe even a little bit less per week which is normal but for most people they're going to be right in that range of about a pound per week now it doesn't sound like a whole lot but if you were to lose a pound per week for a year straight that's 52 pounds right so understand that your expectations need to be realistic and for most people that is going to be about a pound per week question number four this one kind of goes with question number three but the question here is i feel like i've hit a plateau with weight loss what should i do next all right so first we have to define what a plateau really is most people think that because the scale quit moving that they hit a plateau but remember there is multiple ways to measure progress and the scale doesn't always tell the entire story so if you think you've hit a plateau then make sure that it's not just a scale and that you aren't seeing progress in those other areas that we talked about right so if you you know if you look at your progress pictures and they don't look like there's any changes if you're not getting stronger in the gym if your energy is you know maybe low or not feeling good if your clothes don't seem like they're fitting any better if you're you know your measurements your waist measurement isn't getting smaller then maybe you have hit a plateau so what do you do once you have hit a plateau well first i would say if it's been less than two weeks you haven't hit a plateau because that doesn't give you enough time to actually see whether or not you are continuing to make progress so if it's been less than two weeks and the scale hasn't moved continue until you hit two weeks if nothing has changed then you can start to think about whether or not you need to make some tweaks and some changes because you might be in a plateau but before you do that if it's been two weeks the first thing you need to look at is how consistent have you really been and if you're not tracking things maybe if you're not tracking your protein if you're not tracking your calories your workouts those sort of things then it's a little bit more 
difficult to tell if you're actually being as accurate as you think, because what we know through studies is that oftentimes us as humans, we like to overestimate how much we actually move and exercise, and we often underestimate how much we are actually eating, which when fat loss is the goal, you can see how those things are kind of counterintuitive. If we're eating more than we think and we're moving less than we think, then that doesn't really help us towards our goals within fat loss. And this is honestly where a majority of people are when they think they've actually hit a plateau. Sometimes it's they don't even realize it. And sometimes it's just like, you know, a user error thing. And sometimes maybe you're just lying to yourself a little bit. So first thing you need to check, are you being consistent? Like, are you eating more calories than you need to be? Are you underestimating how much food you're actually eating, how much exercise you're getting? Um, maybe you're taking more, you know, you're eating more snacks, you know, having more bites of food in between meals, you know, things like that where you don't really think about it, but they start to add up throughout the week. Maybe you're somebody who like tracks calories and protein, but you're actually, you know, made some tracking errors that you didn't even realize. So maybe you forgot to track a couple of things or you track some things wrong. Like that can also be something in there, like I said, user error. So a lot of times when we think we've hit a plateau, it often just comes down to like, how consistent are we actually being within our plan? And if you look pretty closely at it, if you have the data to actually, you know, check and see, you'll often see that, okay, I wasn't necessarily as consistent as I thought I was. I need to be a little bit more consistent, need to hop back on track, uh, be a little bit tighter with this stuff. And then you will often see that you continue to make progress and you're not actually at a plateau. So to reiterate, again, be ruthlessly consistent before you start thinking you need to change your plans or cut your calories in half or do something really extreme. Because the fact of the matter is, unless you are like super lean, like maybe you're somebody who's really trying to like get down to a really low body fat, or you're somebody who's just been dieting for a really long time, you know, maybe like four or five, six months, then you're probably not hitting a plateau. It's probably more so a consistency error. But if it has been, you know, a long time or you're somebody, if you have been dieting for a really long time or you're somebody who's really trying to, you know, lose those last few pounds of fat, then something you could do is think about taking a diet break in order to kind of break out of that plateau. So you take a diet break, you stray away from that diet, you know, from maybe a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever you need, just take a break from it eat more calories, eat more food, and then you come back and then you jump back into it. And a lot of times that's all people need in order to kind of break through those plateaus. So if you think you're on a plateau, make sure you go through those steps first. Like have, has it been two weeks? If no, then continue doing the work you need to do. Have I actually been consistent? If no, then fix those things. And then if I have been consistent and maybe I've been dieting for a long time, then maybe I need to think about taking a break. So hopefully that helps if you're somebody who struggles or has struggled in the past with you know, hitting a plateau or something of that, that nature, then that can give you a little guidance there. And question number five, I'm not super comfortable in the gym and I'm wondering if you have tips for getting over gym fear. So first and foremost, this is pretty common. You know, I work with quite a few different people and it's pretty common for people to be a little bit uncomfortable when they get in the gym. Maybe you're somebody who didn't grow up going to the gym, you haven't been to the gym a ton and you know, it's just not an area where you're super comfortable in. So just understand that, you know, that's a normal thing. When you try new things or do new things, a lot of times you are going to be a little bit uncomfortable, right? That's just natural. That's human nature. That's just part of, you know, our, our experience as human beings. So one, you know, 
it's all right. It's okay to be nervous or a little anxious or a little scared, have some fears, whatever. Like, that's okay. That's normal. But a couple of things you need to realize, like when you're going into a gym, is that most people in there are super focused on themselves. Like there's people in there who probably have the same exact um, ideas as you. Like they're a little bit nervous. You know, they don't want to be laughed at or they don't want people looking at them or whatever the case may be. But honestly, most of those people are just too focused on themselves to actually be really be thinking about you and be focused on other people. Because when you think about it from the other way, like how, how often, like when you go into the gym, are you just like super focused on everybody else? You're not. You're typically focused on you. You're focused on what you're doing that day. You're focused on your own stuff. And a lot of other people are going to be the same way. Another thing to note is that most people in the gym are usually pretty kind and pretty welcoming people, especially like the ones who you can tell, like who are pretty fit, who go there consistently, who they enjoy being in the gym. Like those are the people that are really nice and they enjoy helping other people. So if you have questions about like, machine or an exercise or something like that those are honestly typically the best people to ask because those people love to be in the gym and they love helping new people or helping people who maybe need a little bit of advice or need some tips or whatever like those are the people who you actually want to you know go talk to if you have questions and who are usually the most welcoming i know it doesn't always seem like that you know because they may be look a little bit intimidating, whether it's because they have muscles or they're super fit or, you know, they just look like they, you know, have it all put together and they're super comfortable. And it's because, you know, they do, they've spent a lot of time in the gym and that's where they're comfortable. That's where they like being. But as I said, again, a lot of times those people love to see new faces in the gym. They love to see people in there bettering themselves and, you know, striving to hit their goals. So those are the people that, you know, if you do have questions, if you're uncomfortable, like those are the people that you want to talk to and ask questions to. And then I can say, like, from my perspective, like, I remember me, like, starting in the weight room when I think I was in eighth grade, the first time that I went into, like, a, you know, our school's, like, weight room and was in there as a little eighth grader. You know, there's high schoolers in there and they're lifting, like, four times as much weight than I can lift. You know, I'm nervous to be in there. I don't really know technique. I don't really know my way around the weight room. I don't know, like, you know, the unspoken rules of the the weight room. I don't know, like the weight room etiquette, like any of that stuff. So like, I'm nervous to be in there. Like, I'm not super excited. But as you continue to go, you get better and better, you get more comfortable in there. And eventually, you know, it just becomes something that you do. You don't even really think too much about it. And then, you know, you're you're good to go. So again, understand that it's normal to be nervous. But as you continue to do it more and more, you'll get more comfortable in the gym. Definitely want to find a gym that you, you know, you feel good about and it has the kind of vibe that you're looking for because that can help a lot too. And a lot of gyms have a lot of different vibes. So you may have to, you know, try a few different gyms to figure out, you know, what's more your vibe and what you're, what you're feeling. But um, I think it's definitely worth it to, you know, explore a little bit and go to different gyms and, and find one that you feel really good about because, you know, the amount of benefits that you can get from being a part of a good gym and going to a gym on a regular basis is tremendous. So definitely worth it. But you know, you may have to do a little trial and error to figure out what's actually good for you. Um, and then my last one, my last tip for this one here is to make sure that you find a routine or a program where you feel comfortable with it. So like, you don't necessarily want to pick a, a program or a routine where like you have to do a million different things and be all over the gym, like 
doing all this different stuff and it's just super complex and complicated because that's just going to make it harder to be in the gym. Like if you're somebody who is you know, nervous, a little bit anxious about being in the gym, probably want to get fairly, you know, simple, straightforward program and something that, you know, you feel comfortable with, you feel confident in, and you're able to just go in the gym, go to your equipment that you need and just run right through it. So for example, like if you're somebody who is not super comfortable, not super confident, like maybe just getting a dumbbell only program where you only have to use the dumbbells could be a good place to start because then you don't have to learn how to use the million different machines. Like you don't have to be moving all over with the different free weights. You just grab your dumbbells that you need, you do your thing, you get in, you get out. And as you do that more and more, you get more comfortable in the gym and then you can kind of branch out and try new things and, you know, try the machines and try the different cardio equipment and move around and do different things. But if you keep it simple, that allows you to just be a little bit more confident within that. And then my other thing I would say is too, is just to find a program that lays everything out for you. And this is something that I always try to think about when I start working with new clients, because I do hear, you know, I work with males and females, but there's always a lot of people that they're haven't been in the gym for a while. So like, that's why they're coming to me is because they want to get back into fitness. They want to, you know, create those good habits again and, you know, start moving towards their goals. So they're oftentimes a little bit uncomfortable going back into the gym. Maybe they, you know, don't know their way around there super well. So one of the things that I always do within my programs is number one, I think about that and I try to make it, you know, like I said, more simple. And so we're not using a million different things. But the other thing that I do as well is that I make sure that all the exercises are demoed out so they know exactly what they need to be doing. I always put notes within the program. So things that they should think about or maybe little things that I put in there that are going to help them, you know, feel a little bit more confident within the gym. And then I always do like a entire program overview. So I'll take a, I'll do like a walkthrough. I'll do it through like a video. Basically, I'll walk through the entire program and explain exactly what I want, how to go through it, how to approach it, how to use the program, things that they may need to know about certain equipment or whatever. That way, again, they just feel super confident that they can get in the gym, get what they need to get done. And that way, you know, they don't have to worry about all the extra stuff. They don't have to be quite as nervous and, you know, worrying about every little thing. So find a good program that can lay as much of the things out as you need and be very detailed and explain everything out as much as possible, because that's only going to help you feel more comfortable, feel more confident and get the most out of your program. And with that, we are done. That was question number five. So hopefully you were able to, you know, grab a nugget or two out of this podcast, you know, talked about a couple of different things within here. If you are somebody who has questions, like if you have other, you know, personal questions, or if there's questions or topics that you want me to talk about on the podcast, I always appreciate when people, you know, send me some, some content ideas, some podcast ideas, because I make this content for you guys. I want you guys to get the most out of this. I want to provide as much value as I can through the things that you guys really need and the things that you guys want. So the more feedback that I get from you guys, that always helps me. So I appreciate those of you who, you know, send me questions, ask me questions, because that helps me create the best content. So, you know, if you have certain questions, things like that, uh, you can always shoot me a message on Instagram, let me know, and I can get back to you personally, or I can even talk about them on the podcast. That's always good stuff. So I think that's about it. Um, Right now, have three spots for one-on-one coaching. So if you know if you're somebody who maybe needs to get back on track, you need a little bit of accountability, um, you need a personalized plan, then 
go ahead and fill out the one-on-one -on -one coaching application, which will be in the show notes. Um, have had some people start up within the last month or so and seeing some really good progress with the people who have signed up. So if you're trying to, you know, jumpstart your fitness journey and start heading towards your goals, we'd love to hear from you, have a conversation, see if it's a good fit for both of us, and then we can go from there. But like I said, those spots are limited. So if you are interested, make sure you fill out that app sooner than later. Um, and with that being said, I think that's about all I got. Appreciate you guys listening, you know, sharing this thing, leaving reviews, all that stuff really helps to continue to get this information out there to the people who need it. And uh, until next week, I will see you guys next time. <laughs>